You're listening to Vancouver Hoops Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Nobody. Welcome back to an NBA Finals edition of Vancouver Hoops. Join in studio today with Fawns. What's up? Brandon. How y'all how y'all doing? All good. Pretty good, man. Good to be back. NBA Finals, man. Miami Heat, Los Angeles Lakers, LeBron, Jimmy G Buckets. We're going to preview that. We're going to talk about the surprise firing, the sacking, the canning of Doc Rivers. And where the Clippers go from here, where the Celtics go from here after failing against the, the Miami Heat there. So let's get started with Doc Rivers. So yesterday... The news came out, and this was a surprise for me and probably most NBA fans, that Doc Rivers got fired. Now, Fonz kind of predicted this on the last podcast, but I wasn't taking him seriously. <laughs> I've learned my lesson because now Doc Rivers is fired. Uh, now, Doc Rivers is one of the most lovable coaches in the NBA, mostly because of his raspy voice that's always burnt out after games. <laughs> and uh, so he's gone. So we're going to start with Brandon as our, our Clippers guy. Was this a surprise that Doc got canned? Um, for me, it wasn't. I just don't know how you can continue on and how you have the confidence of the fan base when, again, a 3-1 lead got away from them. So, you know, I think he was there seven years already now or something like that, right? So... No, he's, you know, they've had a lot of regular season success, but they got to get to the next level, especially with, they only have one year left really with uh, the lineup that they have with Kawhi and Paul George. So um, most likely it's probably going to have to come from internally in terms of who will take, take the lead as head coach there. But no, it wasn't a surprise uh, to see what the uh, Clippers, the Clippers had to do something. Um, I mean, I, I don't have much to say about Doc Rivers. I was never really a follower of the Clippers. I didn't watch too many of their games before the playoffs. So I can't really say that I have an opinion on the Clippers or Doc Rivers. It is sad to see him go. I mean, he his his statement, uh, I read it, and it was pretty pretty heartwarming and sad from his point of view. But at the same time, I mean, the Clippers as an organization, they have to do what they have to do, right? I mean, if, if something's not working, then they got to rebuild. And, and if rebuilding means getting rid of your head coach and finding someone else who can do the job, then do it. I mean, I personally think they should have gotten rid of Paul George, but hey, that's just me. <laughs> cool, man. So, yeah, so Clippers had a stacked coaching staff, like a loaded coaching staff. They had like the big three of coaching staffs, Sam Cassell, Tyrone Liu, Doc Rivers, and also this bald white guy who I always forget his name, but he seems to be on a different good team every year. <laughs> I don't know if it's Rex. Uh, I, I Anyways, they had a really good coaching staff. So what Brandon says makes sense. They could decide to go internally to replace Doc Rivers, but to me that seems like a lateral step. Um, I don't know what Sam Cassell or Tyrone do that Doc Rivers couldn't. Like, I I think Doc was a good coach. Like he's won a title. He didn't really make 
the necessary adjustments in the series against Denver. They just seem to be rolling out the same game plan every – he didn't seem to have his team ready, and his team didn't even want to, like – they voted to, like, not even play the games in the bubble. So it just seemed like the team was disengaged. Um, now, you, obviously, Steve Ballmer has, like, blamed Doc Rivers for that. And there's there's usually a scapegoat when a super talented team underperforms. So in this case, it was Doc Rivers. How is this for a coaching replacement? Mike D'Antoni, what do you guys think? Ooh, Brandon, it's your team, man. <laughs> um, I think with, you know, Mike's not a bad coach, um, but I don't think it was the Clippers' issue wasn't scoring or they, they could score buckets. It was not a problem. It's the group, you know, it's the team playing defense. Uh, it's just the accountability part, which we already know uh, Mike has a bit of, a, you know, <laughs> he's kind of passive when That's it comes true. to that. Um, he couldn't maybe really make it work with uh, with with Harden and with uh, Westbrook, right? So coming in here, you're going to have to have a strong personality. Um, that's why I don't mind if they went along with, you know, if it was internally with Sam Cassell because he's someone who has some championship medal that, you know, he's he's won before. He's played on a talented team when he was with the Rockets. So he knows how that dynamic kind of works. And right. so he knows the locker room. Uh, from a you know assistant point of view, and perhaps he can you know make that transition. Um, the one that I thought was interesting, that a name that was coming out was uh, was Jeff Van Gundy. <laughs> That's a totally different goes in a totally different direction, but again, he comes from that uh, Pat Riley fabric or whatever, where he he brings that team defense concept. He's he's very knowledgeable about the game. Um, Again, if they can get Kawhi to buy into this, you know, he's obviously going to have a say in who's the next one to be coaching. So, yeah, there's a lot of different uh, routes that they can go. For sure, man. That would be a splash hire, Jeff Van Gundy. <laughs> so I guess the next question is, where do you think Doc Rivers should go? Like, there's a few good jobs out there. Philly, uh, Philly, Indiana's all right. Pelicans, you know, coaching a young Zion Williamson. There's a few opportunities out there. Um, where do you think Doc should go? Um, I honestly, I would like to say that Doc Rivers would be a good fit with the 76ers. Yeah. I think that he could, I mean, bring some experience to the young team they have uh, with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. But at the same time, I would like to see Mike D'Antoni in Philadelphia. I think I he could really help them stretch the floor, which is something that they need a lot. So I think that Doc Rivers, I'm going to say, I'm going to go 50 50 with Doc Rivers or Mike D'Antoni in, in Philly. But other than that, I just don't see Doc Rivers going anywhere at this point. I mean, it's it's hard to, to get back up from, from this kind of. Uh, a fall because this isn't even a trip up this is a straight up fall so it's going to be really hard for him to pick it back up and unless another team is like seriously desperate for for some coaching uh for someone who has experience coaching uh at least playoff teams it's going to be hard for him to get back in the game yeah i could i could see like like you said i kind of like mike d'antoni to sixers um for myself I think Doc Rivers might be a good fit for the Pelicans 
because they don't have a lot of expectations. You know, like making the playoffs <laughs> would be a win for them. So Doc's not going to have a lot of pressure. Um, he, you know, he can just use his experience and leadership to teach these young guys like Lonzo and Brandon Ingram and Zion how to win. And uh, even if they fail in the playoffs, that's what everyone's going to expect anyway. So there's no expectation. So it might be perfect for him. <laughs> Brandon, do you have any thoughts on this, this subject? Well, kind of like what you both are saying, that he's going to be a really tough hire this year because he's he's got this choke label now, right? So he may just have to take a step back and maybe maybe next year might be better because, you know, like anything, time sort of, you know, get – gets the sports fan to forget things, right? So perhaps a year away would be best for him. But I, I think like a team uh, like the Pelicans or, or someone that, like you said, the expectation isn't that high. Um, because we've seen him coach uh, a roster last year with the, with the Clippers where they were just a, kind of a ragtag group. And he took them, you know, he, they took the Warriors to six games, which was a good challenge for the Golden State. So... You know, he can take a, a young lineup and perhaps, you know, get them get them into a round or two. Right? No, that's true, man. That's very true. So we go to the Boston Celtics. Um, just a quick question. Like, where, where do you think they should go from here? They're kind of set with their roster. Do you think it's a roster tweak? We know, Brandon, how you feel about Brad Stevens. Maybe you can remind the listeners your sentiments on this man. Uh the worst coach in the league, a most overrated coach or something. I, I, don't, I can't remember the exact quote I used. But. <laughs> I believe the line you mentioned was, Brad Stevens is a terrible coach. <laughs> so that's, do you feel like the coaching thing, Brandon, or do you think they need another player? Do you think they need depth? Or what, what, what was their issue? Why couldn't they get over the top this year? Arguably, they had the most talented team in the East. Yeah, and that's kind of why I use that label with, with Stevens, is because it's a really talented roster. And so, you know, they, I think what their issue is, is not really the coaching side of it, but it's more to do with a lot of young talent, but they just need one, one guy. And we saw, you know, we've seen what Jimmy Butler has been able to do in Miami. So just someone like that, that just comes in, can kind of take that locker room and provide leadership. I think that's what's lacking with the Celtics. I don't think the Celtics did anything wrong. No. I mean, the Celt- they, they, they have proved that they are an amazing young group of guys. I mean, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker, uh, Marcus Smart. These guys are all guys. You could tell that they wanted to win. Yeah. Like, they f- fought for this. They battled every single night to win. They just got outplayed by Miami. I, I don't even think – I mean, I do agree with Brandon in terms of uh, Brad Stevens being a terrible coach. But <laughs> I don't think that that had as much to do with it as the fact that they just got outplayed by Miami. I mean, Miami's a team that's a lot more experienced than uh, than the Boston Celtics. Pat Riley is, I mean, unarguably a genius when it comes to putting rosters together. Um I think he found an amazing fit in uh, Jimmy Butler, and they, Miami Heat just outgridded and outwitted Boston. But in terms of talent, yes, I do believe that still Boston, as you said, was the most talented team in the East, easily. 
they they just got played by Jimmy G buckets, man. It's it, it was rough. Um, I think that they just they just need to grow and they need to keep building on this momentum that they had from this these playoffs and continue to to mature. Okay, so for me, the problem starts and ends with Gordon Hayward. <laughs> Did you see this man in the fourth quarter with a wide open layup and he bricked it off glass? This man has the hops of a snail. Now he's, he's six foot eight. Now he does. He used yeah, to fly. Yeah, now he does. I mean, you can blame the injury, but he got injured after five minutes. Five minutes after signing a hundred and twenty million dollar contract, like he has not. He's played five minutes of healthy basketball for the Celtics in three years. <laughs> that was the worst signing. Like I think that that signing set the franchise back. It may have wasted this window, because they're locked into him for another year. He has a player option, but who's going to decline a $34.3 million deal when he's playing like a, a $6 million per year player. Right. And so, injured. Yeah. I so, didn't even realize he played. <laughs> that's how, that's how bad it was. I didn't even realize well, I mean, he, played. He, he missed some time. He, he came back to the bubble and just, just not good enough, man. Just not. He good stayed. Enough. Cause he, he, he missed his 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 uh the birth of his kid to stay in the playoffs. That's right, but he rolled his in the ankle bubble. before that. I and know, but that's, that's when he he was out, right? So that's so sad, though. You like you stay in the bubble because and you lose <laughs> and you lose and you miss the birth, the birth of, your child, of your child and you get eliminated and you play bad. Oh life, man, life is rough for Gordon Hayward. I think he, they need to trade that guy. Like he's he'll be on an expiring contract. So there'll be some team out there. What about trade idea? Just popped into my head. Oklahoma City Thunder. They need to offload Chris Paul's like massive contract and um and like salary matching with Gordon Hayward's would be easy. It's like it's almost the same. Although Paul's making about forty. Nah, he's getting signed by the Wizards. Chris Paul's going to the Wizards? No. Oh, I thought you were talking about trade options for uh Gordon Hayward. No, I'm I'm thinking like how how can Celtics get off of his contract and still get better next year, right? I'm just thinking a name might be Chris Paul. That's a lot of guards. Anyways, they need to get rid of this man in a hurry. <laughs> uh, this is yeah, it's not good. I know he's Brad Stevens' guy. I know they both played at uh, the same school, and I know that Gordon Hayward missed a buzzer beater from half court. I would have won the national championship, but it's just been a, it's just been a, a career of coming up short for Gordon Hayward, and this this relationship needs to end with Brad Stevens. They need to get out of this toxic relationship. Just get them both out of Boston. Yo, man. <laughs> Starting with Hayward, though. Okay, so so we're gonna go to the NBA Finals. Miami Heat and Los Angeles Lakers. So here's the question. What would a fourth championship mean for LeBron James' legacy? Fonz, before we preview the series, we're just going to talk about LeBron. We're just going to devote a little segment to LeBron James because that's what everyone talks about. That's what everyone wants to hear. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to address this as somebody who has been constantly called a LeBron hater. Mm-hmm. I am not necessarily a mega fan of LeBron James, but... At the same time, I do – I mean, you have to recognize game. He's – I mean, what he 
has done and what he will continue to do, because let's be honest, he'll be playing into his 40s, is unprecedented. I mean, you can say Kobe, you can say Jordan. They're in their own lanes. LeBron is in his own lane. It's a completely... The way that he has adapted to going on now three different decades in terms of different styles of basketball is amazing how he has continuously adapted and changed his game and molded it to what the game of basketball evolves into every season is incredible. And I think that if he does pull this off and win this with the Lakers, it it's, it's obviously going to go down in history, but it's just going to do more to cement his name as arguably the GOAT. Stop. Stop. <laughs> you know what? I have some strong thoughts on this, but I'm going to allow Brandon to speak first. Just go ahead, Brandon. Well, as was already said, for him to win another championship on a, what, this is the third team? So that, again, it's an accomplishment. Probably puts him in a very small grouping of players that be able to do that. Um, four championships is not uh, something we can block at either. At the same time, it's, uh, it's an accomplishment. Um, but, uh, you know, this series is interesting because if he wins, it helps with his, you know, that legacy story for him. But if he loses this one, this might be a bigger collapse than the Clippers choking because they haven't been challenged this entire playoff. It's going all their way. He's, he has, like, one of the best players uh, alongside him. So this might tarnish uh, his, uh, his legacy if he does lose this one um, because, really, he probably only has another two years left. And next year is going to be a lot harder for him to get to the end, especially with uh, Golden State uh, coming back. So, um, you know, in the end, does it make him the greatest of all time? I still think it's hard to argue with his finals record um, because, again, with Jordan going 6-0, and that's, that's a pretty tough one to overcome. But it does probably get him into the number two slot all time. Okay. Just going to take a breath here. So I think we learned all we needed to learn about LeBron James for the first seven years of his career. And that's if he doesn't have the most talented team in the league, he cannot win anything. Jordan He's didn't like, win until his eighth season. That's exactly right. And the only time he won is when he had the most talented team in the league. He had to join a super team. So the talent equation was so stacked in his favor that no one predicted that the other team would win. Now, that was the case. And that being said, he still choked away a few of those. That being the case, when a, a more talented team came along, which was the Golden State Warriors, we saw what happened. He, he couldn't compete with them, right? And he needs the most talented team around him to be able to win a championship. He's like a person that keeps on going for plastic surgery to look more attractive as we realize that they're not that attractive because he, he comes into a team. He gets, he gets the coach fired. He picks a team with like the most assets. He gets together with other stars and he builds like the, the, the best team, right? And then when he leaves the team, he leaves it in, in ashes and then he goes to a new team and does the same thing. And then he goes to a new team and does the same thing. 
All I'm saying is, like, Michael Jordan didn't do that stuff, man. He stuck with his team. He didn't team up with other teams' best stars. And he just – he let his career play out, man. And his finals record, as you mentioned, was 6-0. and LeBron James is just an assassin chasing championships and leaving a, a wake of destruction in his path for franchises and coaches and players' careers. And uh, his singular mission is to win championships. Well, he has three. Uh, that's still half of what Jordan has. That's still 60% of what Kobe Bryant has. So if he wins this one, you know, it, it, it'll improve his standing for folks that like to analyze people's legacies. But he's still, he's still too short of Michael Jordan, right? And as Brandon mentioned, he's still got a couple years left. All I'm saying is we saw what happened last year when his team was not as talented. They missed the playoffs, right? So... And his, the record when he – some people say, oh, he got injured. He didn't miss that many games. The record when he played was only 500. So if he does not have, like, the most talented team, his team is, like, a 500 team. He needs Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard, Rajon Rondo, former All-Stars, former defensive player. Of the year. He needs all these guys. Otherwise, he can't get it done. So that, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I'm so, sorry. Howard, I, I made a mistake. I said that Jordan didn't win until his eighth season. He won his first ring in his sixth season. Right. I apologize for all those listening. I know that some people get triggered off of something like that. Yo, I didn't even catch that. I thought you were talking about LeBron didn't win until his eighth year. No, no. I was talking about Jordan. He didn't win until he was 28, his first ring. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, but he also played like three years in North Carolina, right? So he started his career a bit later than LeBron. And that's another thing. People are always pointing to LeBron's accolades. But, I mean, he he just started his career really early. So, yeah, because of his longevity and his consistency, he's putting up these, these like career stats that are more than everyone else's. But the guys back in the day, they played college. Like, they couldn't come right out of high school, right? So, so I, I don't know if we should look at that stat and say, well, yeah, you know. So <laughs> that should not be the difference maker. But LeBron is like – it seems like he's setting records by the day on career stat totals, right? So, As I said, man, I'm a firm believer that there, you can't compare LeBron to, to, to Jordan. You might be able to compare Jordan and Kobe, but it's two totally different – styles of play it's it's two totally different ways of taking charge jordan took charge of the bulls in his own way lebron takes charge of the team that he's on in his own way so it's it's tough to really put them side by side when they're two very different players with very different mentalities that's like saying well what do you like do you like water or do you like what's better coke or water well i mean each has its advantages and each has its disadvantages. So it's kind of hard to put two things so different into the same category. Yeah. Now, listen, I don't want to pile on. I realize there's not a lot of LeBron James supporters right now, but we do have them on this podcast. And we we promise we're going to have a, a full proper debate on this with equal rep- representation. We need, we need Denzel on here for that. <laughs> I was planning a podcast where I brought in like five or six like LeBron guys and it was just me and it was just like 
one on six and I'm just like, go bring it. And I was just going to like try and shut them down. I probably, <laughs> man, probably you need, you know, ate, ate my lunch, but uh, Denzel, Kelvin, get all those guys up in here. Man. <laughs> Yo, Denzel's dad is, is opinionated on the subject. You know, so, <laughs> I still remember going to Denzel's house and it was, it was Paul George playoff P back when he was playoff P with Indiana. And I think that, game, that was game seven P. against Miami. And I was at Denzel's house watching it. And then, you know, I was going for Indiana, of course. And then they, they, I, I could I could sense that they they were faltering. The lead kept The going. animosity. So at halftime, I couldn't handle all the trash talk that was coming in that living room with Calvin Denzel. So I went out to, to their basketball hoop and just shot hoop for the rest of the game. I was like, I knew that the Pacers were not going to win and I couldn't handle it. So. <laughs> Yo, man. Anyways, we're going to talk a little bit about the series here before we wrap up the, the cast here. So, um, who you got taking the series, Brandon? And tell us why. Who are your X um, factors? I think initially, the, with you just look on paper, uh, the Lakers are obviously the favorite. So, I guess the safe bet would say the Lakers in six. But this will be very interesting, this series, because what we don't factor in is the fact that how the storyline with Spolstra, uh, knowing how LeBron thinks, knowing how LeBron plays. Um, you know, there's a mention of the Indiana-Miami series. My, uh, LeBron had some struggles in those matchups against Indiana. So Spolstra was able to see, you know, firsthand what he couldn't overcome at that point. Maybe they can use some of that now. Um, as well as, uh, you know, Iguodala. They've shut down LeBron in the finals. So, again, he can bring that. He was a part of that, uh, being a defender as well. So, it'll be an interesting matchup to see because it's going to have to be, if Miami's going to do it, they're going to have to outthink the Lakers. That's the only way. They're going to have to keep the, keep the scoring down. Uh, even though they've been able to score about 100 to 10, I think 112 points uh, this playoff, they're going to have to kind of keep that score down, use the clock properly. They got some guys that can play some defense, use up their fouls, try to get them in foul trouble, um, both Davis and LeBron. So, yeah, it's hopefully we can go back to old school basketball and kind of, you know, start making them shoot foul shots and things like that. You know, really slow down the pace. That's the only way I think Miami um, can beat LeBron and AD. That just, that just reminded me of something that really irked me, which we probably don't have time to get to today. I'll just mention real quick. When LeBron James, uh, for the second time this year that we know of, submitted a formal complaint to the NBA that he wasn't getting enough fouls called on him when he was driving to the hoop. And then the next game, he goes to the line all these times. <laughs> anyway. Right, who, you, who you got, Chavin? Who you got? No, I'm going. Okay, I'll, I'll go. Money, you know, like a safe bet, like you said, is Lakers and six. That's probably what's going to happen. Lakers have the much more talented team because LeBron won't have it any other way. He always has to have the most talented team. <laughs> but it will be an interesting series, and I don't discount that Miami has a chance, and I will be rooting for them. It might be the most intriguing finals to me since, like, you know, Dallas, Miami, like, in 2011 because uh you know for like five years it was warriors and uh lebron until uh Kawhi last year so it was kind of like the same thing every year 
This this year is something completely different. Miami and Lakers both missed the playoffs last year. Lakers haven't made the finals in over a decade. So, I mean, this is new. This is a novelty. This will be intriguing. I will say this. I don't know if it's because they're in a bubble and there's no fans. I'm just having a hard time getting as into the NBA playoffs this year, even though I'm watching a lot of it, I'm watching most of the games. I'm having a hard time getting as passionate about it. It could be my teams are getting knocked off. I don't know what it Booker's is. out. Booker's never been in it, man. <laughs> but I'm, I'm having a hard time getting riled up about it. I think it might be that they're, they're not playing with the crowd noise. There's no, there's no ambience. Uh, I think that might be what it is, even from a fan perspective. Or maybe it's like they're playing every second day and it's just rigid and I don't know what it is. Anyways, I'm going for Miami. I think they have a chance. Here's why. Iguodala, like you said, he won finals MVP before for shutting LeBron down, for holding him to under 50% field goal percentage in 2015. Okay, Jimmy G Buckets, like Fonz likes to reference often, is 17 and 17 career record against LeBron James. That includes playoffs and uh, regular season. So that they when, the, when they match up, you know, can go either way. That They're 500 against each other. So Jimmy's not afraid of him. He's usually the primary defender on him, right? If it comes down to small ball, who do you trust more? I mean, Rondo's been hitting threes. But do you trust him more than Goran Dragic, Tyler Hero? And Miami hasn't even employed Kendrick Nunn, who had a pretty good rookie season. So Miami seems to have the depth advantage when it comes to small players that can make a difference. Lakers have some size that could pose a challenge because Kelly Olenek and Myers Leonard have been riding the pine. So they might have to resurrect one of these guys off the bench here just to match up with the Lakers' size. So that could be a problem. But if we're just talking strictly small ball... I'd say advantage Miami if they can get hot. If Bam Adebayo can stay out of foul trouble guarding Anthony Davis. If the Lakers have not brought their hometown referees to the series like they normally do, I think Miami might have a chance here. I'm not going to get too excited about it because I'll just be disappointed when the inevitable happens and the Lakers win. But I think Miami has a chance here. Okay, so I have a lot to say, but I'm going to keep it short. I'm just going to go, like, bullet Yo, points. Brandon, Brandon said he, he's not as young as he used to be. He's got to <laughs> pass his bedtime already. So I, I don't want to make any predictions. Uh, I got called out multiple times last week for my first-round predictions. We're completely off. Uh, so there's there's a couple key elements here. One is that, miraculously, somehow Rondo has remembered how to play defense. Rondo, for the past couple of years, was in cruise control. And now, all of a sudden, he's shooting threes and playing defense. Where did that come from? LeBron, he learned from Pat Riley when he was in Miami. And now he's doing exactly what Pat Riley did, which was put together his super team. He moved all the chips. He, he played all his long game moves. And... It's come to this point. This is the this is his team. This is where LeBron essentially wanted to be. He that first season with with the Lakers was a disaster, but he was willing to sit that game or sit that season out. Well, not sit it out, but wait that season out and able to move all the chips that he wanted to move to get to this spot, which is where he's at. So LeBron is in a very good place in terms of his plans of where he wanted to be. That's the plastic surgery I was talking about. But it works. Mm -hmm. 
It can be plastic surgery. It can be ugly, but it works. But it's artificial. <laughs> Whatever. And in terms of now, now see Miami. Jimmy G buckets. I want to say Miami because I honestly think that Miami deserves it because they're not, as you say, artificial. They've worked for this, but it's going to be hard for them. Yes, Jimmy Butler. I was going to say Jimmy Buckets. I almost forgot his last name there. Jimmy Butler can defend LeBron to a certain extent, but do you really want your main offensive option spending the whole game trying to guard LeBron James? That's where you bring in, bring in Iguodala. He might not be the best scorer at the moment. He never was the best scorer, but he can lock down LeBron. And I think that they've probably been resting him this these, these past few weeks for this matchup, which makes sense. You have Tyler Hero. You have uh, Duncan Robinson. You've got Goran Dragic, who are all... I mean, you've got a couple of shooters. You've got some defense. But it's going to take them a lot of nit, grit, and as Brandon said, they're going to have to outthink LeBron James. Not even the Lakers. They just have to outthink LeBron James because that's what the te- that's who the team revolves around. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. We don't have a trivia question today. We have no basketball IQ segment. I found one if you want it. Wait a second. You have one? Yeah, I got one. So... So after the podcast last time, the, the guys were talking like, yo, Chapin, how come you always get to ask the questions? And they're like, we need to turn it back on you and put you under the hot seat and see how you do. So, so are you saying you're, you're prepared to ask me a question? I am prepared to ask you a question. In, in that case, are you aware that if you play with fire, you will get burned? Because not only with the responsibility of asking a question in the basketball IQ segment, you have to be prepared for a painful reality if the question is answered right. Well, I mean, unless Brandon wants to dunk, I'm going to have to do it. Fair enough. So I will name the punishment for you if I get this question right. Fawn? Why don't you make me shoot threes? That's harder for me. <laughs> I'd rather have to dunk. Fawns, I need you. If I get this question right, you have to go at midnight to a basketball court in thermal underwear and record yourself dunking on a 10-foot hoop. Deal. <laughs> Deal. On the next rainy day. Oh, man. man you're trying to make me hurt myself here. Hey, man. No, you don't, in the, yeah, in you the don't rain? You do this. You, you, it's not too late to back down. You no, okay. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. I got you. <laughs> So let's, let's recap. The next rainy day, 12 midnight, thermal underwear, and nothing else. Can we take <laughs> out the rain part at least? I don't want to ruin my ball. Hey, I'll, I'll, we'll hook you up with a new ball if it gets ruined. A Vancouver Hoops edition. <laughs> All right, it's okay. You're not going to get this anyway. All right, well, let's bring the question. Let's bring the question here. Cue the music. So, today, before the podcast, Chapin and I were speaking of him possibly making a comeback from his quote-unquote injuries. Now, just like Chapin, which turn-of-the-century player left the NBA, had a kidney transplant, and then returned to win a championship? A kidney transplant? (laughs) Yo, man. (laughs) What do you mean by turn-of-the-century? I'm not familiar with that terminology. Uh a game-changing, uh, record-breaking, just a good player. Okay. 
You know what, man? I, I think you might got me on this one. I can give you... No, there's no- we don't do clues. No hint? No hint? Okay, okay, alright. I'm gonna have to guess a player. He, he came back and went, won a championship? Dude. After a liver transplant? Or kidney transplant? Kidney transplant. Okay, we want to make sure we get the organ right. I have no idea, man. I remember Derek Fisher having... He had like health issues with his his kid or something, and he he had to leave, and then he he came back on a different team. I remember Darius Miles having like a career-threatening leg injury coming back. I have I cannot remember a kidney transplant player, and I know a lot of players, so I'm just gonna say I have no idea. No, you don't even want to give not even a random player. No. I mean. At do you, point, do you at need this the? Point, I'm gonna say Lamar Odom because of all the drugs he did. <laughs> do you need the? Do you need the year? Oh wait, no, sorry, no hints, no clues. I'm just gonna say Lamar Odom. Lamar Odom got a chip, and I know he's done some weird stuff off the court that may have messed up his kidney. <laughs> Is that your final answer? Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure it's wrong, but yeah. <laughs> there will be no dunking. <laughs> Alonzo Morning. Oh, you know what? That's ringing about. No, I, 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 okay, yeah, I know what year he won the chip. He retired. He retired in 2003 due to kidney disease. Had a transplant in 2004. Returned to play in 2005, winning the championship in that season, 2006. 2006. You know what's funny? I can tell you what team he retired from. The Charlotte Hornets. Uh, Only no. you could have told me what what year he got his uh kidney transplant. I didn't know he had a stint with Toronto too. Like I, that may have been 2003. Like I, I know all this stuff about Alonzo Mourning. I just forgot about the 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 organ transplant. Yeah, he came back. He went to the Heat in 2005, and they won the chip in 2006. Well, you know what? You can. <laughs> I might just do it anyway for fun, just not in the rain and not in thermal underwear. Yeah, you and can keep your full, not at midnight full, uh, outfit on. There's no need to pare down your clothing wardrobe uh because i got the question wrong that that was a really good one man you got me you exposed a flaw <laughs> in my Expose the exposer <laughs> uh thanks for joining us man does anyone have something for the 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 buzzer beater the last word or brandon uh, my final thought is we've seen how good the basketball has been in the bubble particularly in the first round that uh, an idea that I thought about that perhaps this is something that the NBA should look at for next year, you know, whether they go back to having fans in the stands is for the first round only is to have like two neutral sites where they can just, everybody plays and, you know, just, you know, we have four or five games a day, kind of like they do with the, on Christmas day. Right. And just for the first round, because I think we saw some really good basketball being played. And then after that, um, then we can go back to, you know, teams hosting or whatever, you know, depending on whether we're still in COVID or what, right? But I think that's something they should look at also, as well as going to the 1-16 to 16 format, which would be, which allow us to do that, just having the best 16 teams, uh, no matter what side of uh, the continent they're, they're on, right? Good stuff, man. I feel embarrassed. I feel humiliated. I feel emasculated. <laughs> I don't feel qualified to be the host of this podcast anymore. Fonz has exposed, exposed my weakness. But 
while we're on the subject of Alonzo Mourning, just some bonus trivia <laughs> here. What are some names you can recall from that 20, 2006 championship team? He's I just got, trying to compensate. <laughs> yo, I got Jason Williams. I got Gary Payton, Udonis Haslam, Shaq, Alonzo Mourning, Dwayne Wade, Antoine Walker, Darrell Wright. <laughs> The only Miami ex Miami Heat player I can think about right now is Glenn Rice, but I know he was gone by then, so I can't think of any names from Miami. <laughs> oh man, you know I actually I had a different question for you, Chapin, that I had been saving for a while. Actually, I'm gonna save that. I was just gonna <laughs> drop it as a hint, but I'm gonna save it because it's a good one. So maybe another time in the future we'll ask you another question. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna punk you next time. I'm gonna... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go again. I'm ready. I'm about to. I'm about to read like 200 Wikipedia pages until the next uh, podcast. Yeah, You're gonna need it. I, so uh, thanks for joining us on uh, this edition of Vancouver Hoops, man. We'll we'll touch base soon. Maybe we we'll get you a mid-finals episode and a championship edition as well. Hopefully Miami. Peace. <laughs>